This episode of the Cascadian Beer Podcast has been made possible by the BC Ale Trail. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired. Just when you thought your dreams couldn't become a reality, life has a way of making things that were meant to be fall into place. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron, and I'm a Cascadian. I have a background in radio and television broadcasting. I'm a music producer, and I have a passion for beer. I don't consider myself an expert in beer by any means, but I do enjoy and respect the craft and the passion of these brewmasters. I want to learn from these pioneers and what sets them apart from the rest and why they choose to call Cascadia their home. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest on the North American continent. It is made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. In this podcast series, I'll be profiling the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. Today, I'm on Vancouver Island. Riot Brewing Company has only had their doors open for a few months, but this story has a bit of a history behind it. I've come to the brewery to find out from the founders themselves. My name is Ralph Rosenke. Chief Paper Pusher. My name is Allie Tomlin. I'm one of the co-founders, along with Ralph Rosinke and our third partner, Morgan Morera. And where are we? Because this is a beautiful, beautiful spot. Beautiful Shamanus, BC. And uh, where exactly is Shamanus? Shamanus is East Vancouver Island, located between Victoria and Nanaimo, about a 15-minute drive north of Duncan, BC. How long has this brewery been open for? This brewery has been open for eight months now. And how did the whole idea start? Where, where's the beginning of this brewery story? It took us seven years to open. So I guess we're seven years and eight months. And it kind of started with Ralph and I being the highest at our jobs we would ever go. And I had a bad day at work and I called Ralph and I just said, hey, you want to open a brewery? And he's like, okay, let's do it. And uh, seven years later, we finally opened our doors. Did you have any brewing experience at that point? Yeah, I was from uh, the brewing industry. I've been around for a while. Uh, at that time, I was general manager of R&B Brewing in Vancouver, and I was with R&B for nine years. I started off as assistant brewer and kind of worked my way up to GM, kind of doing assistant brewing, operations management. I brewed for many years there. And what about you, Ralph? I was a perfect wingman for my best friend because I enjoyed beer and I enjoyed tasting beer and learning about beer. So the you natural- You a big career in tasting. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I just loved the industry. I mean, when Camera Vancouver first started, we were part of the original board as well, along with everyone else that founded it. It was just a great scene. I mean, I was a you know young skater punk and talking with you know older people from from different facets of life, and it was just all about beer, and that's all that mattered. There was no judgment, and we just I love the industry. So seven years ago, you were both in Vancouver at the time, right? Correct. So what prompted you to move out to the island then? Otis. <laughs> we got a dog named Otis. And we lived in East Vancouver and he had a 20 by 20 concrete yard. Front and back. Yeah. <laughs> and 
we felt guilty and we we knew the original plan was to open in Vancouver for years and we we got a dog and we realized that if we opened a brewery in Vancouver, we'd obviously be stuck in Vancouver, which meant we'd probably never be able to afford a house. So we jumped ship and ran to the island, knowing it was kind of our window. If we didn't get out now, we kind of never would. And so we sold our townhouse in East Van and bought a house over here, which was a good call. And now we have two dogs because mm-hmm. we have a yard, a front and backyard. Yeah. <laughs> With more than 40 by 40. Yes. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> and grass. Yeah. But uh, I mean, at that point... There was the brew pub, Red Arrow wasn't open in Duncan, 20 plus wineries, cidery, distillery. You know, it was like, why isn't there a brewery here? So Allie's family being from the area and her coming and visiting, me tagging along because they have a pool. Um, well, and and it was good company. It was just like, why not? Why not go there, right? So yeah, we just kind of... Went all in and moved here with uh, out solidifying anything and just worked even harder here to get this operation going. This is one of the worst things we ever did. <laughs> so with the original concept, did you have a particular beer style that you were wanting to go for? Were you kind of just going for the kind of the basic range? Did you want to do something experimental, something challenging? Like what were, what were the thoughts? I think as soon as we knew we were going to move to the island it kind of shifted and it went to kind of the styles we have now, which are kind of, I don't want to say generic because they're not generic, but they're your classic styles. And I think we kind of got the the idea of let's just stick with classic styles and do them really good, really well, true to style. Uh, we do want to start experimenting and it will come, but I think moving over here, especially where we are, it's not as much of a craft beer forward community environment such as Vancouver. So a lot of it for us is education. You're not going to get someone switching from lucky to IPA. It's not going to happen. So you need kind of introductory beers that people will, will try. And we've absolutely seen it work. We, there was so many lucky drinkers here that won't drink anything, but our lager now. And lucky being the local beer that was here before. No, no. lucky being the, the, the big beer product. Yeah. Yes. Lucky, lucky lager. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And and so there, there's been a bit of a craft scene down in Victoria, just down the south end of the island uh, for a number of years. That hasn't worked its way up island at all until this point? No. I think little bits. I mean, I mean, you see Phillips is everywhere. Hoyne's getting up there, Driftwood as well. Uh, there is a lot, you know, even C12 now and stuff. But I mean, for bridge beers back in the day, Blue Buck was the epitome of the bridge beer for people. Oh, you know, I'm drinking craft now right but yeah i mean it's slowly growing i mean You're longwood's been in Nanaimo for years and then it kind of seemed like it jumped way up island to like courtney comox and then now it's kind of starting to come back down i mean parksville has two now mm-hmm. we have two in the couch valley so it's kind of spreading out and i think a lot of it is expats that are looking for an easier life and they're hey let's go to the island speaking of island life we're in a beautiful kind of look looks like redeveloped area how did you get this location because this seems like a pretty prime location for where you are (laughs) we were pretty ignorant i'm not gonna lie we uh were vancouver kids who moved to the island the the couch valley to open a brewery and we didn't realize how hard it would be to find a building because we looked at all these buildings in vancouver and it's like oh you don't like this one go across the street there's buildings everywhere we started looking at buildings and we we're kind of shocked to find people still on wells and septic. septic. <laughs> and it was just purely our ignorance that we're like, wow, this is a lot harder than we thought it would be. 
and ceiling height. You know, there's certain things that we we needed to have. So originally we were looking at opening in Duncan and, and Duncan wasn't working out for us for many reasons. And so we decided we were going to move on to wherever wanted a brewery. And so we were looking at, you know, different locations. And it was actually the municipality of North Cowichan that called us and said, will you open in Shamanis? We want you. And we said, absolutely. And they passed on our phone number to the developer of this building and this site. And we started talking to him and he really wanted us here. The whole mall where we are had been open, except for where this corner where our building is. It was just a mound of dirt. And so we worked with the developer and kind of customized the building for us. So we really are here because North Cowichan came after us and good call on a municipality to recognize the economic impact that, you know, craft breweries have. So what is the turnout from the local community? Are you guys packed out like every night or because uh, because you're only eight months into this as well. Yeah. So like how have your expectations changed um, from when you opened to like how they've turned out now? I think it's more more a question of not since we've opened to now. I think it's more since starting with the idea of opening in Vancouver to now, because we have friends, you know, we're from the beer scene in Vancouver. So we know most of the people who have breweries and they'll come visit us. And they're just like, wow, if you guys were in Vancouver, you'd be packed. And, you know, you can nice sunny day and come here and there's three people on our patio and two in the lounge. I mean, really realistically, there's only 3000 people in this community. Tourists make up a lot of it, especially right now in summer months. But what is really cool is the local support. Like we definitely have the community support and just the different organizations in town and most of the restaurants and bars. And we've become a staple of the community in a short amount of time. And that was part of the reason of us also wanting to leave Vancouver is we wanted a community. We wanted to be involved and be able to do events with the local people. And we definitely have been doing that. And help the community grow in that sense, right? more of a grassroots type thing, teach them about beer and get everything going on for yeah. sure. There's a bit of an influx, it seems like, of young people moving into Schmiss, which is really cool. If somebody was to come here and visit you, what else in the local area is a, a popular attraction besides your brewery? In the area proper, I mean, you've got the murals downtown, which were part of a revitalization project once the mill was gearing down to get people in here. Uh, you have the theater, which has been around. I think they're celebrating their 25th anniversary this year. Awesome plays. We've gone to the theater a few times and always a great time. You've got awesome mountain biking, uh, Maple yeah, Mountain, a- Prevost Mountain, uh, hiking, lakes, kayaking, paddleboarding. I mean, hell, if you're a scuba diver, you can go. There's a sunken 737 out on the water there. I don't know why no one talks about that more. I saw a pod of orcas coming over on the ferry today. So it's just, <laughs> just whale watching. Yeah, there's whale yeah, watching. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely outdoor lifestyle, mm-hmm. which is why we actually ended up doing cans. Right. That was the whole reason behind having canned product is where we live. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about your brandy because it's very unique and it stands out. Mm-hmm. Who came up with that concept? Well, I mean, for us, we always knew we wanted to stand out. Um, growing up how we did being, you know, skaters, listening to punk rock and snowboarding and stuff. It was always, there was never conformity anywhere. Right. So once we got around to, to the branding and the marketing aspect of it, shopping around to different marketing companies, we talked with a bunch in Canada here and I don't know, it's almost, I don't want to say 
they're all doing this. Like, I don't want to say they're doing the same, but it was all very similar. And I mean, in Canada, we follow many trends from the United States. So Allie was like, well, let's just head this off and, you know, let's go with a marketing firm out of the States just because we wanted to be different. So yeah, it was, we're, we're such simple people sometimes. So we met with a few uh, companies in the States via Skype and email. We've yet to travel to meet them. And it came down to two different marketing firms in the States. One dude, you know, we're explaining to them what we're, what we're going for, old school skateboard, old school punk rock. And he sent me a picture of himself in grade 12 and he had an 18 inch mohawk. And I was like, done, that's who we're going with. So that really is what the deciding factor was. It had nothing to do with their art. It had to do with the fact that he got where we were coming from. And so they did all the initial concepts and the logo and the initial illustrations. And then they kind of called one day and they said, we don't feel comfortable doing the the artwork. We don't know if we can do it justice. So here's the concepts. We're going to try and shop around and find an artist. And I don't know how they did it, but they ended up finding a guy named Jimbo Phillips in Santa Cruz. And his dad was Jim Phillips, who did all the original skateboard decks back in like the 80s, whatnot, the old screaming hand for Santa Cruz. And so his son took over for him and he, Jimbo, and he had never done a brewery before or any beer. So he was super stoked on it. So it's kind of interesting. Our beer goes from here. Well, our, not our beer, our concept, our branding goes from Shamanus to North Carolina to the Brandit. And then from there, it goes Santa Cruz back to Shamanus. And but not only that, like the full circle of what's inspired you in your initial concept as well goes back to the guy that yeah, basically started it. Yeah, he, yeah. He's basically, you know, his dad started this whole art style and it was awesome. We were reading a story someone did on this once and it started off and it was like, oh my God, that's going to be a horrible story about us. And it was saying how like you first see their graphics and it looks like they've ripped off skateboarding. And then it goes into, well, in fact, they couldn't have because they found the original people who started it. So if anything, it's the most legit packaging out there. And it, it's kind of true. And everyone, it's amazing how many people recognize it and say, hey, this looks very Santa Cruz style. This looks very counterculture skateboarding. And it's, it, it is. And if you notice on any of the packaging, it says Jimbo Phillips. It's just really small. So it's great. And I mean... We've been getting so much positive feedback about our artwork. It's amazing. Yeah, we love it. And then I have to, I, I have to ask, uh, do you have skateboards for sale? Not, We've looked into yeah. getting a bunch printed. We did get some made just for like giveaways. Yes. And we are still looking into it. It's just this funny thing with being a startup. It's that whole cash flow that, that thing. That minor and, problem. You yeah. know, and yeah. it's just like, yeah, I'd love to spend, you know, heaps of money on branded skateboards. But... Yeah, probably we, should we, pay we some suppliers to. right now. <laughs> we, we got it because our, our social media just lit up when people did see pictures of the skateboards because they did look pretty rad. So it's definitely on the, the list of merch we need to get, which I don't know how many other breweries out there are saying, God, we really need skateboards. That's what we need. So what are your core beers at the moment? And do you have any plans to expand the line? What do we got right now, Ruffy Boy? Well, we have <laughs> our Lip Slide Lager. Got our Life Partners Pale Ale, our Junk Punch IPA, Working Class Hero Dark Mild, and Sorry We Took So Long Saison. Those are our five core brands, I suppose. Right now, we just transferred a Black Current Blonde Ale into the Bright Tank today. So hopefully that'll be a nice sipper on the patio. We've also been working on a 
collaboration with Drum Roasters Coffee, and we're doing a coffee lager. Hopefully that'll be done sometime soon as well. So So the goal is every month we have a different seasonal out. So the five core brands stick around until we don't want to make them anymore. And then every month is a different seasonal. We'd like to get it up to more than one once a month. I mean, obviously there's tank restrictions on that. I think what we'd really like to do is get a little test brew system so we can at least have, you know, 10 to 12, 15, whatever, you know, different beers in the lounge that are always changing. Which, by the way, what's the size of your uh, brew house? 15 barrel, 17 hectoliter. Uh, we push it as a 20 hex system, though. Uh, and then we've got 20s and 40s for our FEs and our rates. And then do you have your own canning line or does somebody come in? Yeah, we got our own canning line as well. Um, Which is a lot of the reason we don't have any cash flow. <laughs> I don't think many startup breweries open with a full automatic canning line. And so that was a huge expenditure. But for us, it was a huge, it was just too important not to get from the beginning. We didn't want to, you know, I, I totally respect the whole, you know, mobile canning and the way to get started. But for us, it was, you know, a big means for us to be able to distribute right away everywhere was to get our own canning machine. So, yeah, that's, I look at it all the time and just think how much it cost. But, yeah, rubber bands and all. <laughs> yeah. So we do have our own canning line and it allows us to do our six packs. We, I'm sure you've probably seen our packaging. We have six pack boxes, which are great, but we didn't realize how labor intensive they'd be because every six pack box out there, we have manually packed ourselves. And then we, uh, we got a little bottling machine to do the 650 mils. So that's what our seasonals are on. I think the next thing we'd like to do is start putting seasonals into six packs. Like right now, this black currant blonde would be amazing in a six pack. So I think, you know, maybe more than adding more to our core brand, you'll see more coming out in six packs as seasonals. So being from the brewery industry might be a bit of a tough question, but who inspires you guys in the scene locally? I think every brewery that has yeah. good beer. Yeah. You know, like you'll try the beer and I'm like, oh, damn, that's good. Or it's, I also get really inspired by marketing. You know, when you see someone and it's just like, damn it, that's a good idea. You know, and I think Red Racer killed it with the 150 Canada Day beer of, you know, doing the different beers with the different breweries across Canada. So I think... It's a lot of it is just amazing beer people are putting out. Like we, what, last month we're at Fuggles and Warlock, hanging out with them in the lounge. And I mean, they didn't have a bad beer out there. Ooh. That was a fun time. It was great. And I, and I love that they're, you know, doing weird beers. And I totally want to get to that point. I just don't know if we're at that point right now. We're just trying to get our main beers out there just to stay afloat. But yeah, I don't know if I could pick one specific brewery. But it's just the creativity people have. That's kind of what inspires me. If somebody was wanting to open a brewery themselves, uh, what would be some advice you could give them? Don't do it. I would say make sure you have enough money. Bigger cold room. Like we are so, we knew like 100% we knew that we were underfunded. But after seven years, you get to a point where you're like, I don't care. Let's just do it and make it work. And that has been so challenging. I think if we could have raised a bit more money, our life would be a lot easier now. But we're oh, still eight months in. So we're eight months in. So we, we've made it eight months so far. We don't get paychecks. Myself, Ralph and Morgan, we still don't get a paycheck. And our credit cards are almost completely maxed. And we don't get days off. I think right now our next day off is Labor Day. That being said, by the time Labor Day comes, you know something will come up and we won't get it off. And all of that, I think, can be avoided if we had a bit more money. And I think a bit more money would let us have more systems in place and it wouldn't be a constant juggling act. 
So any brewery opening, I would definitely say go cash flow heavy. That being said, I don't think we're going to close our doors and go under. It just makes things a lot harder than they need to be. Yeah, you don't end up sitting in the corner shaking and crying at night like I do. <laughs> and a bigger cold room, though. Let's just put that in there. Yeah. Bigger cold room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, little things, distribution, figuring out your distribution, you know, those kind of things. I mean, I think opening on the island also has its own limitations. I mean, you're on an island. You're on an island. <laughs> and, you know, anything that's uh, big, a lot of things come and come and go from the island and you got to figure out how that's going to happen. And I think that's an extra cost that a lot of other breweries don't have to deal with. Yeah. Freight. Um, <laughs> definitely. Like I, it took me seven months to write our business plan. It was a great business plan and everyone says the best one they've seen, but you know, it was in the beginning, it was like a stupid business plan. Why do I have to do this? And everyone always tells you, Oh, you learn so much about the business when you write a business plan. And you really do. You, you have to think about things that you would have never thought about. I don't know how on track we are with our business plan. I think our staffing is way more than we had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's about double. Yeah, there's uh, 13 of us now. And I think in the business plan, there's like four of us. So uh, you just kind of got to roll with it. That's also every time we're like, oh my God, we might be able to get a paycheck. It's like, oh, we're busier. We got to hire someone else. And they just eat our paycheck that we'd get. And it's funny because most of our staff, like especially production-wise, they're all from Vancouver. So Fab is another uh, kind of interesting kind of our story because we had known Fab for years in Vancouver. I mean, back in the day when when I was brewing and Ralph was drinking, there wasn't heaps of brewers. You know, there was only a handful of us. So we were all really good friends. And, you know, I was one of the only girls. So I kind of knew everyone real well. And so I've known Fab for years. And everyone knows we're trying for years and years to open this brewery. And it got to the point that so many breweries are opening that there kind of became a shortage of brewers out there. And so you see all these schools opening up everywhere. Every school now is a brewing class. It didn't used to be that way. We were wondering what, what we're going to do for a brewer because although I had brewed for years, I didn't want to put the boots back on. You know, I, as much as I appreciate these schools, I didn't want to hire someone straight out of school without any practical experience. So we we're starting to stress about what we're going to do about brewing. The building was being built. Tanks were going in. And I get a random text from Fab saying, hey, you guys still looking for a brewer? I'm interested. And I called him right away. And I was like, "What? You're, you've been with Red Racer Brewing for nine years and you're going to text me? You're not even going to pick up a phone and call me? <laughs> and I was like, what's going on? He's like, I'm just done. I'm, I live in North Van. I drive to Surrey every day. I don't know if I can do living in the mainland anymore. I'd like to come brew for you guys. And I think two days later we met, he came to the island. And as Fabi puts it, he had already made his decision. He was joining us. He just wanted to hug. He just wanted to hug about it to solidify it. So sure enough, Fab went back to the mainland to give his notice to Red Racer, to give it to Gary Lowen, the head brewer of Red Racer. And I don't know if many people know this, but Fabi... Before Red Racer, he worked at House Sound. Before that, he worked at Sailor Hagar's, which was an old brew pub. And he worked there under Gary Lowen. So majority of his career, he had spent working under Gary Lowen. And they're super close buddies. And he's a really good friend of ours, too. And, and Fab had to go back and tell Gary, hey, I'm leaving you to go to work for, for Riot. And so I thought Gary was going to be super pissed at us for stealing his brewer. But he was actually super supportive. And he was happy that it worked out for both parties involved, except for him. And so Fabi moved over here and the brewery took way longer to open. So he did nothing for months and months, but gardened and got the lay of the land. 
took a little vacation and then he started brewing with us and his life is so different and he is so unbelievably happy over here. It's the best thing I think he's ever done. He lives three houses away from the beach. Walking distance <laughs> to the brewery. Yeah, I think that's pretty much everyone's dream, if not on the beach. But even with Fab, I mean, him and, and his brewing expertise and knowledge we didn't do any test brews everything he just went yeah. live right in the, in he refused the i'm not a homebrew i'm yeah. a commercial brewer so we did it and ali and morgan were both like oh me and fabby bickered back and forth yeah. about the ipa <laughs> and what hops going to be in it how much and i was like no i want to i want a test run of this beer first fab and he just i finally gave in i was just like i don't care anymore make your beer and it was great so ever since yeah. that day i'd just leave him alone and yeah. He can do what he wants. Yeah, it was awesome. I like that. And then even our uh, our two other full-time staff in production, they're both from Vancouver. And their wives still live in Vancouver. So they commute back on weekends to see their wives. Are they trying to get the wives out here? Yes, yeah. they okay. are. And <laughs> with I was, sorry, I was mentioning earlier that there's kind of an influx of people moving here and a lot of younger people, which is putting a strain on the housing situation. So one of our employees rented an apartment that's right behind the brewery and the other employee sleeps on his floor. Good thing they were best friends from Vancouver. So it's not that awkward. <laughs> and I th- our one was a delivery driver at Parallel 49 Brewing, which we got a funny text from them. I was like, oh, now you're stealing our staff too. A lot of the brewing industry was absolutely amazing to us in the, uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot of it, most of it. Uh, the brewing industry was great to us in our seven years of trying to open the brewery because most of those our, our good friends opened breweries along that way, knowing that we were, you know, one of the first people to say, we're going to open our own brewery. And one time, Parallel 49, they were selling some equipment and we're like, okay, we'll buy it. We got no money, so we'll buy your used stuff. And Ralph went to pick it up and they actually just gave it to us because they felt bad for us. And they're just like, just hang in there, right? Keep going. So we, mm-hmm. we started having people donating equipment to us just to get us going. And the joke became we should just bottled water because we had everything to do with it. Yeah. Just carbonate some water here. So if uh, somebody was to come here and enjoy your tasting room, what would be something you would want them to leave with as an experience? Merch. (laughs) Back in front. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know if you noticed, we we are all about having fun. Like we really try to have a... So so you want them to leave with a good time. Yeah. Yeah, we, 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 really care about customer service and we really care about people getting a vibe of like who we are and what we're about. And we're pretty chill people. You, you know, a lot of the time you'll see us down there hanging out with all our locals. And that's a lovely patio too that you have out there. It is right. Like it should be packed all the time. Very satisfying having your own patio. It is. It's (laughs) funny. We actually, you know, after seven years of opening a brewery, you think you'd be pretty stoked when you open a brewery and don't get me wrong. We were, but it wasn't just like this, oh, wow, we're magically open. It's still in that infancy stage that you're just trying to go. So there was not that clear definition of like, You finally put doorknobs on everything. and Yeah, (laughs) you know, it wasn't this magic like, oh my God, it happened because it's still happening. But it definitely was that magical moment with the patio. The day we set up the patio, we were done and me and Ralph both got a beer and we sat outside and we're like, this is like better than opening the brewery. The fact that we have our own patio and we can ask our staff to serve us I was like, this is like seriously a win for us. Like, especially Vancouver. What are you doing? Let's go hit a patio. Try and find one that you can actually get on. So having your own that you can go to anytime is a pretty amazing feeling. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Guess go back to the question. I, you know, just who we are, I guess, riot, our culture, our lounge. 
I love our lounge and, and the whole government freeing up a couple of years ago, breweries allowed to have lounge licenses, much like wineries. It's absolutely amazing. A lot of people over here don't know what a lounge is. They've never been to a brewery, let alone a lounge at a brewery. So they're quite shocked when they're like, wow, we can bring in our dogs. And it's like, yeah, we don't make our own food. So you can totally bring in your dogs. And, you know, we have dog cookies made with our spent grain in the shape of lightning bolts. You can bring in their kids and we've got freezies for the kids. And we've got a change table too. We have a change table now. Every day we evolve. This week we're putting a fire pit in our patio. You know, it's just, we have events all the time. We have magic night. We have comedy night. We've got a CD release party. We've got open mic once a month. We got Mm -hmm. kitchen jam every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I think the more we're doing events, people are catching on that. Oh, it's summer just to go and hang out. And it's great that you can bring your kids and your dogs down. You can bring in your own food. We have families that just bring in their whole dinner and hang out and play board games. You know, if not, we got restaurants that deliver right to your table. So it's kind of neat. And I think people are catching on to the whole craft beer thing that this really is a community based business especially in the smaller towns, because it it is a center. It's a hub. It's a place for people and locals to go meet. Not only that, it's a place that tourists want to go to. So it's kind of a win for for community and business, I think. So I know I'm going everywhere. (laughs) Quite the tangent, Allie. It's it's beautiful, though. Let's talk about planes. But... But yeah, I mean, the the experience, that's what we want people to take away is just that whether they hear Hopefully our... It's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, according to Facebook, I think we're at 4.9. Yeah, only because that dude gave us like a four star and it was like, oh, it's great. Four. Yeah. Well, where where did I lose a star? Man, tell his, me it, this. it was off screen. His mouse couldn't get over to that. Yeah, side yeah. Of the yeah. Screen. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, actually, we have uh, one of our friends, girlfriends, who's a friend of ours as well. Before we opened, yeah, she gave us a rating of four. It's like how we had never even met her, first of all, and we weren't open, and she didn't realize how much it would affect our rating. And so now, now we're good friends with her, and we just call her four star. It's her nickname. <laughs> She'll never live it down. She's like, I'd, I'd change it if I could. She's like, I'd give you six stars. So she actually went back and she's like, oh, I wish I could give them six stars. We're like, whatever, four star. Yeah. Do you give her four stars of a beer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four fifths every time. <laughs> yeah. But you pay for five. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, go back. I mean, definitely the experience, uh, you know, coming in here, seeing the beers we make, you know, hopefully you can. Um, if someone's around, get, get out back and for a little tour, um, maybe hear a little bit of our story and struggle and, you know, full underdog coming through, uh, type thing, leaving with the knowledge that anything is possible. If you put your mind to it, you know, I mean, just staying positive in life, you can, well, you can achieve a brewery. I mean, wouldn't have happened if we were negative and just got down all the time. Right. So, well, yeah. in our seven year journey to open, I think it's probably fair to say every single person we know gave up on us. Seven years is a long time. And, you know, we, we both ended up losing our jobs or leaving our jobs in that time. And we were sweeping parking lots and cleaning houses and living in Duncan, coming from, you know, huge careers in Vancouver. And it's just like, wow, what have we done? Yeah. And everyone like saw it too. It's just like, guys, this isn't going to happen. You should stop. Like you're, you're going to lose everything. And it was just like, nope, we're going to keep going. And I think Ralph and I were the only ones that believed in it. And we kept each other going. We're just like, nope, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. And then everything kind of seemed to change once we came to Shamanus. It started as like where we needed to be and everything kind of aligned and worked out. But 
I still sometimes don't know how the hell we pulled it off because it was a really, really lame journey. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, you know, the journey is the reward. And yes. so we've learned a lot. And and I think that's one of the reasons we, you know, will be successful and won't fail because it, it took us way too long to get here, it, you know. And we had people say that to us, well, what if, you know, you open and, and you just decide you don't like it? It's like, really? I think I would have <laughs> called that like six years ago, maybe. Not not after seven to be like, yeah, this sucks. I'm not into it. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, we're, we're kind of committed. And we just, yeah, you had to stay positive and just keep going because it was not easy to stay positive. But you know, we come in every day and we're so grateful and stoked on what we have. And mm-hmm. every night when I leave, I say, thank you, Mr. Brewery. Yeah. So eight months in, you have the beer out. You've managed to win, to win an award. Oh, yes, yes. We entered the Canadian Brewing Awards this past, uh, which happened this past May. The judging was probably back in April, I believe. We sent our beers in end of February, early March. At that point, we'd only been open four months, maybe. It was very... It was actually ne- our first canning run. First yeah. time we turned on the canning machine is the beer we sent. We're like, eh, who knows yeah. how this is going to turn out. Yeah. So, well, yeah, we got some of those tasting notes. Weren't too bad. But no, a, uh, a lot of our beers actually made it through to the final round. I was actually, for being three, four months old, I was pretty impressed. With our yeah, beers. it was a very, very beautiful thing. And uh, for us, we've got silver in the uh, Keller beer, it's fickle beer category behind Pots Pills from Moon which is an amazing beer. So to be lumped in with Clay's beer is brilliant. And with our Pilsner, Good Vibrations Classical Pilsner, which is no longer available, but we put um, sound nodes on the fermenter and played classical music to it at 428 hertz to absorb. And is that the reason? Yeah, is that the reason it won? I don't know, but it's Definitely a cool story for sure. So yeah, it was nice going to Ottawa and receiving that award for sure. Is there any other beers that you talk to at night before you leave? We hug tanks. Right. Yeah. yeah. We hug tanks. Fabby's pretty close with all the beers. Yes, yeah. definitely. And it was funny too. We actually did find out what award we'd won and we didn't tell anyone. We actually turned into horrible people and lied to everyone. And everyone was taking bets on what had won. And Fabby, if Fab had his choice, all he would make is lagers because they're really, you know, quite challenging to make. And he loves lagers. And so the Pilsner was his little pet project. And he loved this beer so much. And so when we found out it was that, that won, it was like, oh, this is golden. And so the whole time we, we went to Ottawa, uh, myself, Ralph and Morgan and Fab, and just pretended we didn't know what had won. And we actually happened to look in a door as they were setting up the award ceremony and they'd asked us to send out some some Pilsner to them, which we had done, and Fab didn't know we had done. And we opened this door to look at them setting up. And sure enough, our beer is sitting right there in front of us on the table. And Fab goes to look, and it's like, no, 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 let's just leave now. Don't don't bother. <laughs> and he's okay, guys, I just wanted to look. It's like, don't bother, Fab, don't look. Because our beer was sitting right there, and you know the, the gig would be up. And we had asked him, like, oh, what do you want to win? And he wanted either the lager or the Pilsner to win. So he was pretty pretty stoked on it yeah he was he was very elated by it for sure and it was great we were with so many of our like close friends and peers and you know with red racer and four winds and mount bagby and all these people and you know we had only been open a few months and it was so great sitting with them all and being able to get up and accept an award cashing every single point we had to make that trip (laughs) we could have went to hawaii and back that was the original plan i know (laughs) 
Well, it's a beautiful brewery. It's, thank you. It's fantastic visiting you guys. You guys cheers. are making excellent beer. And thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Yes. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you so much to Ralph and Allie. It was an absolute riot <laughs> being with them out there at the brewery. We sat out on the patio after the interview and just had a great time. Uh, so you got to go check it out. Their fire pit should be in place by now. So definitely recommend that. It's a lovely facility. Great people. Great beer. Good time. You got to go visit. Big thanks to the BC Ale Trail for sponsoring this episode to make it happen. Part of the reason I started this podcast series was to explore my own backyard. British Columbia is a big place, so it can be a little daunting trying to organize your own adventure. Luckily, the BC Ale Trail has made it easy for you to plan your next trip. At bcaletrail.ca, you'll find recommended itineraries to explore different regions of the province, a comprehensive list of every craft brewery in BC, a calendar of beer events, and a blog with lots of great stories. The regional ale trails include local breweries, pubs, and restaurants, along with outdoor activities of supernatural landscapes that surround them. So whether you're planning a weekend trip or being a tourist in your own town, let the BC Ale Trail guide you to your next beer adventure. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired. At bcaletrail.ca If you want to follow this podcast series, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, including Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Casts. We're everywhere. So hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. You can also find out more about us at the website, cascadian.beer. And if you want to send us some feedback, some breweries that you think that I should check out, get their stories, your favorite breweries, something that I haven't touched on yet, or tell me what you like about this podcast, what you don't like, I'd love to hear all about it. You can uh, send me a message at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. I'm on Twitter at Cascadian Beer and on Instagram at Cascadian Beer Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this episode. And until next time, remember, support your local.